Welcome to The Beacon, your connection to nonprofit success. Now here's your Lighthouse Council host. Hello and welcome to The Beacon Podcast, your connection to nonprofit success. I'm Harry Chapman, your host for today's discussion on visionary leadership. Our guest today is Dr. Bob Fisher, President Emeritus of Belmont University. Bob was president of Belmont from April 2000 through May of 2021. And under his leadership, Belmont's enrollment almost tripled and eight undergraduate majors and two doctoral programs were added. Bob earned the affectionate nickname of Bob the Builder by driving more than a billion dollars in new construction, renovations, and property acquisitions and fundraising campaign that exceeded its $326 million goal for student scholarships, faculty support, missions, athletics, and more. Welcome, Bob. Thanks, Harry. So good to be with you. It's good to be with you. Let's start with your bold vision. What was it first like when you became president of Belmont in 2000? Well, when I first I arrived at a place that was so unlike any place I'd ever been, I attended all state schools and I had always worked as a professor at a state university. So here I walk into a private environment, also an environment uh, where faith was at the base of all that we do, which I certainly was excited and welcomed the opportunity, but it was really new to me. So I spent a little while, several months and probably half a year, just trying to figure out where I was. I didn't walk in with this grand vision. When you started thinking about your grand vision, how was it received? Were there obstacles, naysayers, and pushbacks? Well, my first uh, impression of Belmont was that it was, and, and I told the uh, the trustees uh, that I think Belmont's a great, uh, I, I think it's a very good university, a very good liberal arts college. But the problem was it had several professional programs, lots of professional programs where the scale just wasn't right. It was hard to have a really top-notch nursing program or a top-notch business school or top-notch any uh, professional program, even music at Belmont, which is obviously one of our star programs, without the scale, without more students, without better facilities. And so what struck me immediately was the need to grow the university. And the challenge was the year before I got there, a strategic plan had been developed that said Belmont should never have more than 3,000 students. But I had the opportunity in the interview to just say to the board, they asked, had I read the plan? What did I think about it? And I said, well, if you really mean that, I'm probably not your guy because I'm not a maintenance engineer, I'm an architect. Or I, of course, I'm neither of those, but that's how I wanted to operate. And so as I went into it, uh, I said, let's grow. And not everybody jumped on the grow boat, but pretty quickly as we began to, uh, the year I arrived, our enrollment was down a little bit, and we had to cut the budget. And that's so painful. But the next year we grew and uh, folks got rewarded and received a 6% raise, which was outrageously unexpected. And and we were able then, as we grew, to provide at least 5% raise pool every year for 20 years. And I don't know any place that did that. As those board members, the naysayers, saw that, where did they get on board with you? Yeah, and I don't think they were really naysayers. I think they just didn't. I, I know the very first time I met with the faculty leadership, the day I was appointed, it was in a small conference room. I met with the leaders of the faculty senate, and, and I'm so enthusiastic, excited, made my pitch and, and said, any questions? And nobody had a question. And as 
as an old school teacher, I said, wait a minute, okay, uh, I'm not leaving here till I get a question. And still no question. I said, okay, keep it up. I'm not leaving here till I get two questions. <laughs> and, and finally, one of the people uh, in the room, she just lifted her head and said, we don't mean any disrespect. It's just that we don't have a lot of, we're just tired. She said, we're just tired. And I said, well, you know, I'm tired too, but I'm not acting like it right now. But I said, I think what you don't have is you don't have hope. And they said, huh. And I said, just give it a chance, and I think we'll prosper together. And I cannot say enough about the faculty and staff at Belmont, the way they pulled together, the way they came together. And obviously, it takes everybody to make a story like Belmont happen. And they did it. They did it. I didn't do it. They did it. And But we were able to prosper together. And as we went... We were able to create some some pretty remarkable things, and I know for me, even it, it there's a scripture that says to him is able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all that we would ask or even think. I mean, that's what happened. I would never dare to even ask God to do what He did there, but He did it, and uh, and I'm so grateful. And as you know, things started to build a little bit, then we became bold and we step forward pretty pretty much in sync. And I mean, we're still a university. There's still plenty of freedom to criticize. I like the word hope and how you got the buy-in on hope. That was kind of, that probably was shocking to a lot of people. Yeah, I, I think so. And and what what's really uh, beautiful is uh, along comes uh, Dr. Greg Jones, uh, 21 years later, and the theme of his inaugural year was hope. And, and, and that's, he's right, you know, that's what it takes to pull people together. If you don't have any hope, it's hard to get pumped up and motivated, but hope, hope can really take you a long ways. As your vision evolved, and, and your vision evolved too, I'm sure after five years, 10 years, 15, your vision kept evolving uh, from what when you first arrived there. If so, how did that evolve? You know, in 2000, ever imagine in 2021, what became? I really could, didn't see it at first. And uh, it's not like God took me up on a mountain and said, I'm going to show you this, then you go do it. it. That wasn't the way it happened. But the way it happened was just step by step by step. And the first uh, time, and I don't think Mike Kerb would mind me telling this story. I've told it in public over and over. First time I met Mike Kerb, I'd only been there six or seven months, and I'd been told one task that they wanted me to get going was to build a new place uh, for our for events and for our student life, and so I was told it was to be about a $15 million project. It turned into a $55 million project, uh, but so what? We, uh, but Mike Kerb, uh, industry music industry executive uh, generous philanthropist was over for lunch first time i'd ever met mike for that lunch and we spent a few hours over that lunch and then he asked me about what's the big project i told him i walked him down to the site and while i'm standing there at the site i noticed he seemed really intrigued by the idea of an event center and i said well mike uh, just imagine this, you go home and you turn on your television tonight and they say at Herb Event Center at Belmont University tonight, Belmont defeated Vanderbilt. That didn't work out because he had two daughters at Vanderbilt at the time. So he, he just kind of looked at me and I, and I said, well, how about Leanne Rhymes Live, who was uh, one of his Curb artists from, from the Curb Center? And he, he said, hey, that'd be kind of cool. And I said, no, here it is. How about this? Uh, turn on your TV and 
this Jim Lehrer comes on and says live from the Curve Event Center at Belmont University, the, the third and pivotal presidential debate. And when I said that to him, he, he just looked, he was looking at me, but then he looks past me. He's envisioning it and says, how much would that cost me? And on the spot, I just said, uh, $10 million. And he said, could I do it over three years? And I said, yes. <laughs> Which he, by the way, he paid, he did it two years. He paid early. But that's how it worked. It, it wasn't just one big moment where you could just see everything come together. It was uh, step by step. It, it started out kind of incremental and then it went viral. You know, two or three things started happening at the same time. But even in your visionary mind, could you have seen a presidential debate? I mean, was that? No, no, uh, no, Harry, it was two presidential well, debates. Well, no, I'm, no, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> right. Yeah, no. It, in my mind, I knew I wanted to try for that. That's kind yeah. of a funny thing. I've always, uh, as a kid even, been really interested yeah. in presidential yeah. politics. And so I thought, this we'll build a place where they could do that. And they've done it there twice. And, and it's just been uh, very, very good for the university. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's when I first met you, when you first gave me a tour of the Curb Event Center yeah. right after it. 2008. Yeah. yeah, right oh, after it. Before that even. Yeah, exactly. Tell us how you've moved forward and what our listeners can learn about being bold and getting buy-in from all the necessary stakeholders. Well, it's, you know, if you ask me, and I'm, I'm thinking about writing some things now, finally, uh, if, if you ask me what the main missing ingredient is in leadership, today, I, I would say it's courage. And especially even, and, and I don't mean this, it'll sound critical, but because the university president's job is so hard, it's so complex, it's so easy to get on the wrong side of something, you know, if you do anything. But but university presidents have to have courage, a lot of it. And, uh, and, and as I look just a year and a half out of office, look back and see what's going on now, it's even harder. It's much harder than it was two years ago. So I just think um, the courage to step out, the courage to take a chance, to take some risk. The academic world is not a very risk-taking enterprise. I mean, if uh, some universities do, and you can look at them and you can see what's happening there, and and those are the ones you want to learn from and and, uh, model some of the things you do after. A pharmacy school, a law school, and now a medical school. Yeah, school. That's pretty big, bold vision. Well, the medical college was the biggest gulf of all because it is really uh, complicated and expensive and hard to do. But uh, it was the pretty much the last thing I got going and and, cert- and handed off to Doctor Jones, and he's following through on it beautifully. Uh, but it was the time was right. And, and that's what I've noticed is, is when I've taken chances, when I've stepped out, the big, the big barrier always were, will there be any clinical sites in Nashville, Tennessee for 600 aspiring doctors? And where will we find the clinicals? Because we've got two other medical schools in town and a limited number of hospitals. Well, the obvious place to go is over to ACA. When I went over there, uh, sat down with uh, Milton Johnson, who's now chairman of the board of Belmont, former CEO, chairman of HCA, with the new chairman, Sam Hazen. Uh, Milton and I went over, and I started making my pitch to Sam 
and I got about three pages into an eight-page, eight-slide presentation. And Sam sort of pushed his chair back and said, we've been wondering when you would bring us this opportunity. <laughs> I was just Whoa. stunned. Whoa. And, and, uh, and I said, well, why didn't you call me? <laughs> I wanted to do this eight years ago. <laughs> he said, no, now is the time. And, and I just think that's, you just, uh, uh, Steve, Eugenia Winwood's a Belmont grad, and she's married to Steve Winwood. Yeah. And, and I've always been a Steve Winwood fan. Uh, and Steve Winwood and I were born same day, same year. I mean, we share the real live birthday. Yeah. And I, I know every one of his songs. And, and my favorite is When You See a Chance, Take It. And, and that's, yeah. that's the way we operated. And, and we swung at every pitch. We tried to, a few things didn't work out, but it's amazing what did work out. Sure did. Well, thank you. We've come to the, end of our allotted time. Thanks again for, for taking the time to be with us and share your thoughts and inspiration. Uh, to our listeners, you can learn more about Bob and about Belmont at news.belmont.edu. Thanks for listening. I'm Harry Chapman, and we hope to see you next time on the Beacon Podcast, your connection to nonprofit success. Thanks for listening to the Beacon, your connection to nonprofit success. Tune in every week for nonprofit topics with special guest interviews. Suggest future topics and learn more about upcoming podcasts and guests at lighthousecouncil.com.